Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? Kelsey Charles and Megan Murray here, and you are listening slash watching Girls Talking Boys in partnership with Espedition. As always, hello. Hello. It's Friday. We made it again. Look at us. Um, Look at us. I'm so proud of us for surviving another week, although I feel like I've barely made it. I am blessing you all with my appearance today because I just got done with a run it's like literally the only time, literally the only time I could fit it in. And so here we are. But you know what? It is what it is, guys. Like you you didn't come here to, you came here to talk sports. So what gives? I mean, I'm making no excuses here. So <laughs> it is what it is. Um, Meg, I think we should just dive in. I mean, there's been a decent amount of Cowboys news considering it's the off season. So at least we have that and some semblance of relevance. They just can't stop Kelsey. No, they can't. they can't, but I will say some of it is more newsworthy than others. We are still going to talk about it though, but no, don't you worry. <laughs> this is what we do. Um, so Jason Witten, gold jacket wit retired for the second time. He's officially, officially done after 17 seasons in the NFL. He's going to sign a one-day contract with the Dallas Cowboys. Not surprising after his- It's only match. right. It is. After yeah. the deal with the Raiders expires at the league um, year end in March. So he will retire a Cowboy. And I would imagine with his retirement, also his number will be donezo for pretty much ever and ever too. So- um, As it should be. Yes. I, never, I don't want to see anyone else wearing that number. I already have a hard enough time with the 88. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I've kind of always been like that too, where I'm like, I hate seeing another player wear a number for a player that I loved. But then I'm like, realistically speaking, it's like you, there's only so many numbers you can retire. Like, yeah, but who's that good? <laughs> true. There's not that many people. True. True. Like it's, I can't imagine. Legend. Right. 82. Yeah. I mean, he's no, no other tight end has played more games, uh, 271. He's only missed one game in his entire career. One when he was a rookie and he broke his jaw. I mean, that's including when he had the whole like ruptured spleen thing. And we're like, um, you need to get off the field before you like die, like stop. Like, what are you doing? Um, I mean, this man is incredible. Besides for another yard, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> 
the, like literally no one has surpassed him in most categories outside of like a Tony Gonzalez. Okay. So he's in good company and he's has all these massive records when it comes to Cowboys too. Like I was writing about, I mean, I feel like this is the second time we've done this because it is, but when, yeah. when you sit here and like, you look at his accolades, he's Cowboys all time leader in receptions and yards second in touchdown catches again just missing one one game this guy like i he's he's got to be a first ballot hall of famer like he doesn't even need a helmet to do his job so that's what i'm saying lest we forget <laughs> no that was incredible it's the iron man <laughs> and if you guys ever get the chance um to go to the star one day and to take a tour pretty incredible um for those of you that haven't been there there's a i say life size it's not even life size it's massive <laughs> it's larger just, than life yeah like <laughs> as you are leaving the locker room and going to the ford center for practice you walk underneath this massive photo of jason witten and the infamous you know run without your helmet be the hero that we never knew we needed situation Icon, legend, hero, gold jacket, wit. Let's go. <laughs> All of the above. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, it's I think it's definitely bittersweet. It's really weird to me personally to be in a position where I'm starting to see like players that you know, like I I know like there's obviously in in years previous that there were players that retired that I watched, but like. I felt like personally really invested in, in Witten's career. And I feel like I kind of like grew up with that name whenever I talked about sports or whenever I talked about the NFL and obviously being that I'm, you know, tied to the Cowboys and being a fan too. You just, it feels kind of surreal when one of like the giants puts his helmet down for the last time and you're like, Oh, like, hmm. it's, it's real this time. Yeah. It, 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 we think. I mean, uh, when, when he said he was coming back, I was like so excited because I was like, he really feels like this team can get him a ring. Like that's why he's coming back. Like he believes in it. And it sucks that it didn't work out that way um, for, for us all really. But um, yeah, yeah, it's really real. And I really hate that he doesn't have a ring, but he will be in the ring of honor. So he will. I want to get your thoughts on what you think like career trajectory, like at like life after football is for Jason Witten, because obviously we all love wit, right? And we saw how Monday night football didn't did or did not work out. It was kind of like, and, and like, I hate that for him, right? Like I hate that for him because Tony Romo goes in the booth and like Troy Aikman's already in the booth. Like you have all these like Cowboys greats that go in the booth and they just are like killing it. Right. And like Romo's like the, the, just the gift from above that everyone suddenly loves him and he's, you couldn't top him whatsoever. And then Witten goes in and like, they have this weird setup where there's like boogers on the field and they have that like cart, like carting him back and forth. And I was like, what is this dynamic besides a cluster? And can he even succeed in it? My thing with that was I never thought he was going to be good at that job. Um, no offense, Jason. Um, I just always see him as like a, like, 
as a team, like a super team oriented guy, like he needs to be around a bunch of people, like being around one guy or not even like in the same booth as the guy that you're talking to and like having to analyze plays and like think on your feet like that. That's a quarterback thing to me. That's very, that's super Tony Romo. Cerebral. Yeah. Like I could definitely, like, if we're going to put this man on camera again. Like it's got to be where he's sitting like in a round table situation. Like he's talking, he's like one of like four or five. Like I can see him doing that for sure. Mm-hmm. Now I know that you have a career tra- trajectory for him <laughs> already planned. So um, what, what uh, part of the coaching staff do you want him on now? <laughs> <laughs> How did you know, Megan? <laughs> oh, I don't know. He may have mentioned it before. <laughs> so I, Jason Witten to me is like very much like a Sean Lee where it naturally makes sense to me that he's a coach and cause he's already pretty much doing that role, especially in the latter part of his career. You know, Gruden was talking about the impact that Witten had on the team in Vegas. And like, I think he had like 12, I don't know, like 12 catches for 69 yards. Like nice. Um, but I just, it, it like, he's not who he used to be. Right. But he kept on, talking about how like, the leadership that he brought to the table and truly how he was helping like coach up these young guys. And like, if you want to look at a guy and say, you know, they did it right professionally, like on and off the field from a, like a, like a all around football player perspective, Jason Wynn would be a great example. And I think that any player would be lucky to learn from him. Um, and I think he's passionate about that part of it. I'm kind of with you, Meg, like, Jason's a very intense guy, like a very intense guy. Like I, I remember, you know, you see him in the hallway and like, he'll always acknowledge you and he's really nice, but he's just like, Hey, how's it going? Like, and it's like, it's very much like, like business. business. Yeah. Like this is, he's like, I'm, I'm working, you know? And I think he loves it. And I think that there's something to be said for a guy with that mentality, that experience, like who, I just think it, it makes kind of some sense. And, you know, when, when the whole Jason Garrett thing was going down, um, there were some like rumors around, you know, would like wit, like, would he like be like a head coaching option? And I think that giving him a head coaching job right out the gate. What are we talking about? No, I don't think that by any means, but I okay. think the point being is that where there's smoke, there's fire a lot of times. And I feel like he would be open to the idea of having some sort of coaching role. And I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. And I think he'd be a great coach. Yeah. I mean, you've been saying, so it's not the first time I've heard it or like calculated this in my head. He'd be great. And you know, he'd want to be coaching here. So especially if the Cowboys do BPA and get a tight end and then it's Jaws and Schultzy and we got I mean are you like like that would be so much fun for him to have that that tight end room like he could get his hands on that like that's oh, like, yeah. and and I think I feel like Jarwin's like in this perfect point of his career where you could still like mold him and like help him elevate his game because he's yeah. just like let's face it like he's not Jason Witten but like he has the potential 100 percent yeah so I'm all for it. I think it'd be awesome. I would be ticked if he went anywhere else in the NFL. I think you always have to consider Tennessee. And Lord knows they could use all the help in with their program, like mercy. 
it's but sad like, to me. Are they even able to be resuscitated? That's the real question that you have to ask yourself. <laughs> it's not Coach Doug's. I don't know who it is. I hope all you. <laughs> yes. I Coach hope Doug. some of you understood that reference. <laughs> um, that, was, that was a specific call out to a time at the beginning of like the lockdown and everything that like really brought me back right there. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Um, I do want to tell a funny story though. It's kind of funny, but just in my reminiscent of, or reminiscing of, you know, Witten retiring and, and the end of an, an era, if you will. So I was, I was thinking, um, he, some quirky things about him. He had a, he had a helmet. Like a lot of guys are really specific about their gear. And again, like I speak a lot about equipment because that's kind of the frame of reference that I have for a lot of this stuff being that I dated an equipment manager for a while. And um, so his helmet, they named his helmet Betsy. And so they had like, literally they had like a sticker on the back of the helmet and it said Betsy. And that was his helmet for like the longest time. And then of course, like all the rules, like keep going into play. And like, he was very specific about like the helmet he liked. Well, the helmet standards upgrade. So he had to get a new helmet. So Betsy too was put into play. And again, like, obviously you want a, a, a player to be having the best gear possible, especially a head, head, head. You don't want them to go like full Antonio Brown. Right. Like we want to do the best we can in that regard. Like, buy the, buy the best helmet. Okay. Everyone. Um, so Betsy too was his next helmet and then he retired and, um, kind of funny story (laughs) between us friends. Um, Betsy too, like walked off for a minute when Wit retired. (laughs) It was like, this semi shit show when he came. Cause like he retired and it's like, well, that sucks. Like what the F, right? Like, where is it? Like, and then what does it matter? Cause he's not playing. And then he's like, Hey guys, I'm playing. And they're like, Oh shit. <laughs> I like how you tried to censor yourself and then you just whispered the word instead. <laughs> yeah, here I am. I did this who I am. Um, so anyways, it was resolved, but I just thought it was funny. And I was like, where's Betsy? Where <laughs> is Betsy? Um, so uh, congratulations to Jason yeah. on an amazing career for always providing great entertainment and hopefully we will see him around the star. Like, listen, J- Jerry, just write him a check, like bring your checkbook out. You know you want to. If you can have- Make up for the fact that you didn't do it and let him go to Las Vegas in the first place. Monty yeah. Kiffin, we paid him to do Lord knows what, like just pay him. Pay him to sit around and do nothing yeah and eat candy if he wants. Like we need Jason Witten at the star regularly, the end. Oh yeah, like full coach gear, chewing gum, I don't know, like clipboard and all. Very that's much. what I want. Very much so. Yeah. Um. All right, so that's the first thing I wanted to make sure we addressed and- Very important. Very important. Um. Other Cowboys news, guys, obviously we talked about it last week with Dalton, um, we had on the show and the senior bowl was this week. Which did you see that Dalton got his pet cat on the podcast? No, I got, I've been like, this week has been insane for me. Like I need to catch up on all things. Cause I've been in homework hell. I swear well, to be fair. I like, normally I'm just like working and I listen to podcasts and like 
this new Apple podcast update or whatever has like, it just starts another podcast after you're done. So it started talking the draft and, um, that's what, that's their podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot going on at BTB if you haven't noticed. Um, (laughs) anyways, it just started. And then they were like, today we have on like, I'm going to fudge up his name. So I'm just not going to say it, but his cat is on the podcast. And I was like, skirt. So I actually listened to the whole episode, but that's amazing. Unintentional. It was great. Highly recommend wealth of knowledge. I learn a lot about this, about the cat, about, about the kitty. We know I'm, I'm a big fan of those. So, um, I should probably, I need to kind of figure out who mine is this year. It's time. It's time. Um, yeah, I haven't even started, but I'm, you know what? I'm going to deep dive. I will find a cat. I will. I will. I'll do it Perfect. for all of you. <laughs> I will too, but we all know that I have no problems doing that. So like, you know, in all senses of the word. <laughs> they just come to you really. So really, just like, just sit around and one will just appear. <laughs> exactly. um, so Senior Bowl was this week. And uh, just so you guys know, Jane Slater, always on it, reported that the Cowboys have spoken to Mississippi State running back Kylan Hill Houston, D, um, or edge rush, I should say, Peyton Turner, and Miami, um, DN, Quincy Roche. So those guys put little tabs next to their names. I would say um, when when Dane Brugler comes out with his beast, the draft guide, I'm telling you guys, I mean, he normally comes out within about a month before the draft because he's he just works year round on it. It is the greatest resource ever. You get it free. If it, is a it is. Well. Yeah. You get it free with your subscription to the athletics. So you guys should totally be like on board with that. I mean, it's worth it in itself. Um, he literally gets like, he has every player in there you could ever dream of. Although the one player he didn't have was the newt. Oh, shoot. Hold on. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'll be like... (laughs) And we're back. What were we saying? (laughs) I'm not even joking, you guys. My cats just got in a fight, so I had to run and save the world. They were fighting over the fact that she said she was going to get another pet cat. And they were like, nah. Lord knows I do not need another one. So that was just further proof. Good. Yeah. Um, anyways, I have no idea what I was saying. But 
I do know that it'll be fun to, oh, we're talking about Dane Brugler. Um, so <laughs> Dane Brugler and his draft guide are incredible. Um, you definitely need to make sure you are checking it out. Um, and he did not have the nooch, which like super surprised me last year, but like, whatever, like who could have. Mendenucci. Um, all right. So we talked about one of the greats, Jason Witten. And I, I, we're going to talk about one of the worst because <laughs> this is what we do. Oh, I see what you're doing here. Okay. You see I'm not laughing anymore. Well, this is what we do on this podcast, guys. We talk about tough things. And, um, so it was in the news this week, but maybe not as much at first as people were, um, you know, hoping, but the Chad Wheeler situation, the offensive tackle up in Seattle, um, the domestic violence incident with his, with his girlfriend. And I'm not going to go into a ton of details. I'm not really going to talk about like, um, name her name either. Cause it's not really my style, but it's, um, and also, really quickly, this is a trigger warning for anyone, if applicable to you, you might want to fast forward for like five minutes because we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about this issue for a minute. So, um, but there really wasn't a ton of coverage about it when it first happened. And it's really disturbing the details um, about it. And um, so what we are going to do is we are going to talk about it because I think it's important that um, we hold people accountable and we hold people like that, abusers accountable for their behavior, no matter what position in life they have, no matter what career they have, no matter what stature, no matter how much money they have, abuse is abuse and you can't get away with it. Um, and it was just, it was really tough for me to read um, and it was really tragically sad. I mean, I, I, he was charged with felony assault and apparently he um, is stepping away from football and he's a free agent anyways. So I, he really wasn't a starter for the team. So it doesn't look like he was going to be back as it was, but like, um, it was very disturbing. I have to say it was very disturbing. I mean, I've been trying to stay off Twitter lately anyways. Um, but I did go on yesterday, not, was it yesterday? Two days ago. I can't even remember, but um, my timeline was just flooded with Chad Wheeler. Is that his name? I'm gonna, I don't even care what his name is, honestly. The abuser. Um, and just like photos and reading the story. And um, it's not, it's always surprising, but it's just um, something that happens a lot in the NFL that like kind of gets brushed under the rug. Like there are people playing in this league right now that have allegations against them that are um, pretty similar, but um, they're really good. So somehow, and I don't know, they're like history with the court case and whatnot. I didn't look into it. I'm not calling in out anyone by name, but it's just um, interesting the way that it's treated when, like when you're, when you're in the public eye like that. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's a super valid criticism. 
Um, we tend, and this is blanket statement, but I think it is applicable here. Um, we tend to, like you said, excuse people of bad behavior when they have more resources, they have more money or they have talent or whatever, or it would hurt us at least in the short term or whatever to hold them accountable. And um, ultimately I have to believe that doing the right thing and holding those people accountable, despite all of that, even if it does, you know, hurt you in the short term, whether it's like you don't have as much money coming in because you're not able to sell their Jersey or whatever views on your videos and, and TV ratings and all of that, the long-term impact, positive impact, surely would outweigh that. And I think it comes down to like a humanity issue too. Yeah. And it, that's something too, just going from like the drafting perspective, um, you need to really like take a look at people's character. There's a reason there's a test for that. There's, they should be looking a little harder into that. Um, so you're, drafting guys that not are not only good for your locker room, but good for your community. These are not, that's like someone like that is not a role model. Like, I don't understand. I didn't understand when they uh, brought in Hardy on the team. That didn't make any sense to me. I thought that was absolute crap. And um, he's not someone that I want like representing my team, representing my city. So it's something that I think the NFL and just, you know, you know, humanity as a whole needs to pay more attention to. Yeah. Like you don't need to be giving abusers a platform. And I would say this too, um, you know, I guess he put out like some semblance of a statement or was tweeting about it and said like, obviously an apology and whatever else. And then talked about like it, how it stemmed from like a manic episode. And I have a lot of compassion for mental health, but um, what I, won't tolerate is you not working your program. And that's the tough part about mental illness and mental health is that especially someone like that who has a lot of resources and they're lucky to have a lot of resources, you need to identify the issue, get the help you need, whether that is through a treatment program, whether that's through medication, whatever it is, and then you need to work your program. I think some of you may relate to this and you'll kind of know where I'm coming from, but it works if you work it. And it's very obvious that he wasn't working his program, whatever that may be, when things like that are happening. And it's unacceptable. Your afflictions do not have to define you, but how you react and how you respond to it and how you rise above it and you, you fight it does. And it's not fair if that truly is true about him that, you know, he suffers from manic episodes, but life's not fair, man. Life's not fair. And some people can't even afford to get treatment for something like that because you're hurting problem doesn't mean you get to hurt someone else. And so again, like I have compassion for mental health, but you gotta, you gotta own your shit and you gotta work it. And, um, so I say all that because I think there was also additionally another thing I want to bring up. There's a criticism that I think is valid um, where it didn't get a lot of attention at first and he was already out of, he already posted bail. Um, it seemed before it kind of came across my timeline. Like I didn't, I saw like, I can't even remember who I saw. It was some obscure person tweeting about it. Like it hadn't, 
hit like the mainstream yet. And I was like, I was like, why are we not talking about this? Like, why are we not talking about this? And a lot of people were asking why we weren't talking about this and, and how the Ray Rice's of the world got a lot of, got a lot of publicity pretty immediately when that happened. And this incident from the report is equal or worse. And, you know, I think, I think you don't have to agree with the, with the criticism, but I do think, think there is some validity where we have to take a step back and be like, why did that take a minute for us to really truly talk about? So I think it's an opportunity for self-reflection. I think it's an opportunity for awareness. I think it's an opportunity for us to continue to push ourselves as a society to hold ourselves and hold others accountable no matter where they are in life and to be better people. Like we can, we can be better and we can be better for each other because people don't have to go through what that woman went through. Absolutely not. Yeah. And on that note, um, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, just so you guys know, because I think it's a really, again, like understanding mental illness and mental health, whether you are a victim, whether you are someone who has, you know, whatever it is going through things yourself, I think it's really difficult to reach out for help. Sometimes you feel like it's your fault. It's a really twisted thing. It's not as cut and dry. It's not black and white. You can't just, you know, put a bandit on it and call it good. It's a very complicated thing that requires professional help. So I'd encourage you to get the help you need and not fear, feel shame in doing that. Um, but the hotline, just so you guys know, is 800-799-SAFE. So, um, and if you look at that, if you look that up online, just FYI, your browsing history will be recorded. So you'd have to clear your cookies and your browsing history just in case, again, you're in a weird situation. So either way, I know that's what I appreciate about you and I, Meg, and our friendship and how we can talk about those things and how we do talk about those things because it's important. It is important. And I was not prepared for that to go down this week. I'm glad people are actually talking about it now though. So yeah. All right. Well, um, and the shadows when you do gross things, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So we are going to flip the page, talk about something a little crazy, a little fun. Uh, we talked Cowboys news earlier, <laughs> Meg, and this isn't Cowboys news, but is it? So the off season is here, as we know, and free agency. First of all, I do not like seeing all these like free agency trackers and things on social media and it lists Dak Prescott. And I'm like, I'm like, Beep! get off, get off Don't my man. My man. Um, so either way, it is the truth though. And the Cowboys need to sign Dak. I think we're all in agreement of that. I think we would like to ha- like for it to happen sooner rather than later. They do his franchise tag would be the bad cats trying to get out. I'm gonna kill him. Thirty. <laughs> <laughs> 30 <laughs> Dak's cap hit with the franchise tag in 2021 would be 37.7 million. Okay, just so you guys know. So Meg, I would like to ask you. Sean Watson? No. Gafford? No. Are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't like this. 
I don't like it one bit. Um, I mean, okay. So first of all, I was kind of shook by the Matthew Stafford uh, news. I mean, writing was on the wall, but it's still like, I thought he was just going to be there until the day he died <laughs> or until they decided to d- dissolve that organization altogether. Um, I but I mean, a thought. Maybe Houston should consider that, actually. (laughs) I've been saying we just get a really big saw and we shove them out into the Gulf of Mexico. Can we cut me while we're at it, too? Like, let's just go all the way across the continent. Look, what star wants to be in Houston right now? Doesn't matter the sport. Think about it. Deshaun Watson, James Harden, bye. Ain't nobody trying to be in Houston. I'm not. Like... I, but to your, to what you're saying, um, I think that if they don't sign Dak, I will lose my mind, but no, I can't even go there. You tiptoe there and maybe I'll join you. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, again, first and foremost, the Dallas Cowboys need to sign Dak Prescott. Look at our, look at our Yibby, our Abbers. Um, if you guys, or else will come over here. At least one of us has a good, uh, well-behaved animal. Can't relate. She was under here trying to get me to get off the computer. So she's like, "Are you done yet, ma'am?" Like, ma'am. Listen. Um. So I just felt like it was very poignant. JJ Watt, I love him first of all, but the way he was speaking so candidly last season was very. I would say refreshing, but also kind of sad because I felt for him. I felt for Deshaun. There was a video to the USAL at the end of the season where he was walking off the field with Deshaun Watson and he was straight up apologizing to Deshaun Watson for like wasting another year of his career. Like, holy shit, you guys like that's that to me was like such a moment. And I, when ownership promised Deshaun that they were going to involve him, like he, they, they ticked him off again. He was, it's the whole, we all know how it goes. I was a two when they traded Hopkins type thing. And, and then they didn't include him in the GM or really the head coaching search. I mean, by the time they hired a GM, he was like straight middle finger. Like y'all can go to hell. Like I do not care. And I'm like, how do you do that? How do you do that to a 25 year old three-time pro bowler. I think he's the second highest pay. What his contract made him like the second richest contract in the NFL. Like, what are you doing? Like, like literally put like you, what, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I they just felt like paying someone money. And um, so they gave it to him, but then they were like, yeah, we just want you to throw the football. We don't really care who it's to, or like if you get hit. So is Bill O'Brien still in the building? Like I got to know. Like, I gotta know. He's probably like one of those uh, scouts that are pretending to be janitors. <laughs> he's like, I must have on. He's like, he's like, hey, y'all, what you working on over there, guys? Like, look, looking over into like the scouts. Well, yeah, no, I don't get it. And it's really unfortunate for Houston because talk about like a generational talent. And I just, they've completely decimated their team with Bill O'Brien and whatever the F he was doing. I, ha- I, I, I wish I would have written it down again, but it's like, they don't even have like, a, like they don't have any picks 
for, for forever, basically. And I'm like, Laramie Tunsil's great, but like, damn. And you know, like, um, how they say, what is it? Like crab cakes. That's what Marilyn does or crab cakes in football. It's a <laughs> disasters and wasting superstars talent. That's what Houston does, baby. And, and trash cans. They're good at that too. And trash cans. Um, yeah, I, so either way, I don't think it makes sense for Dallas, but there are some pretty intriguing places. Like you could go, you could reverse Bill O'Brien's doings and get your picks back from Miami and get Tua. I saw that proposed somewhere. I wasn't expecting that because, you know, you get like the Jets and then you get like Washington maybe and you get Carolina and Jacksonville could straight up trade him outright. Like that could be interesting, but I don't know why he would do that. Cause again, like Deshaun has a say in this because he does have a no trade clause. So he has more control than maybe like some other players would again, rightfully so being the stature that he is. So do I think Cowboys? No. Would I think if they don't sign Dak, do I think if something insane happened and that was proposed, do I think Deshaun would be open to the idea of coming to Dallas? Yeah, I do. Like, why would he not? He'd be stupid not to considering all the weapons he has, in yeah. my personal opinion. So, I mean, just don't send him to D Detroit, whatever you do. Yeah. It's where careers go to die. Stafford's I, getting out, though. They let him, they set him free. I can't make that joke about Cleveland anymore, which is sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't want to hear it from you. So, greater <laughs> I, I, Benedict Arnold ass looking. No. <laughs> uh, okay. So, if you guys follow me on social media, I've befriended the Angry Browns podcast guys. And I did tell this story. <laughs> but I trigger Meg quite frequently in my interactions with them. <laughs> I mean, come on. America's team located in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> that. Oh. I don't care how many like tourism, like marketing things they do, like putting the bachelor there for like a couple of weeks. No, no one wants to go there. I'm sorry. No one wants your roller coasters. No one wants your whatever. Like, I don't even know what's up there. Roller coasters and the Browns. And yeah. LeBron's not even there for LeBron's from there and he said, bye. So yeah, he said, let me help you out. And then I'm going to peace out. A little pat on the head. America's team. Um, colors. You can't even, can't even spell dog pound. Get out of here. Um, all right. So Deshaun Watson, <laughs> Matthew Stafford though. What about yeah. bringing the Highland Park boy home? No. Um, like that's the, probably the more likely scenario of the unlikely scenarios of those things happening. Mm -hmm. Um, just in my opinion, I don't even want to think of Dak wearing a different Jersey. I did say, um, New Orleans. Yeah, I did say that. I said that I was like, if he was going to have to go something like if, the end of the world happened and he had to leave us. Like I wouldn't hate that for him, but um, then all the Saints fans would have to take back all the mess they talked about him first. 
put some respect on his name and then maybe I'll allow it. It's funny how that happens when it becomes like an option that someone throws out. They're like, oh, I love him. I'm like, did you though? I don't think you did. I seem to remember. <laughs> and that's when you go like their tweet history and type in Dak and just like, this you? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think for Stafford, um, it's a bit of a different situation. He's in a different part in his career. So with, with Watson, he's more of the upswing, right? And like, if you're in rebuilding mode, you're probably going to go on to go maybe with like the younger quarterback who has a lot more like tenure under his belt potential and things of that nature. Whereas, you know, with Stafford, he wants to win and he wants to win now. And that's kind of like where I think his head's at. So you have to keep that in mind when you're looking at potential locations for him. And also with both of them, I mean, Stafford's at least going to be worthy of a first rounder. He's no minced meat by any means. Yeah. Um, but also like Deshaun is going to cost you, Oh my God. Like, like your um, right arm and your firstborn and <laughs> Alan Ramsey is the baseline in my opinion for a Deshaun Watson type trade. Yeah. Um, the, the funny thing is like, I went, I just like to see what was, what the haps were with like Stafford and whatever. And I was just looking at the headlines and it was like, Oh, uh, he's rumored to be a favorite for the 49ers job or like he's rumored here. And like, it's all the same day that these are like printed same day that this is printed. It's like, no, one's really talking about Stafford. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> also, I, I don't get the 49ers thing. Like I like, I'm like, Jimmy G isn't that bad. Like, why are they trying to get rid of Like, I don't think I'm not, I feel like that's like, not as common I mean, about like we're getting rid of our quarterbacks like they were just is, in the in the freaking super bowl like what this is all a long game for stafford to go to san francisco so that it's all bill Belichick. he's gonna get jimmy g back make him the next tom brady and then cam will go be in like denver or something or wait <laughs> or is freaking bill Belichick gonna get deshaun watson oh uh I don't know why, but I just feel like he's not going to try. Literally, literally, but, that's some real New England shit. That, yeah. I mean, wherever he goes, I hope he goes into like a good situation, but it's like, again, like, what are you going to have to do to get him? Like, are you going to have to blow up an entire viable team that he could make better? Or are you going to be able to like no, put him no. in a good situation? Bill Belichick is going to get Deshaun Watson for a penny and a piece of toast with a side of blackmail. That's what's going to happen. And I'm going to lose it. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm here for it. <laughs> like I'll root for Deshaun once he's out of Houston. I've been, I've been dogging on him for a while, but you know, obvious reasons. <laughs> it's not personal. We just, it's Houston. Yeah. 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 It's just like where you live. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, We'd love to hear your thoughts on the Watson Stafford saga, where you think makes sense, because why not? Like, this is what we do in the off season. We play around, we mess around. Like we entertain storylines that we would never typically entertain because what else do we have to do with our time? Yeah. Since Kelsey won't watch SpongeBob, I guess this is what we're here to do. (laughs) I will try to find time for that in my free time. Mm. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. Thanks for dealing with my cat fights. I don't know how it's going to be edited. So hopefully I, you know, whatever. 
but if you watch spongebob you could do this thing where it's like four hours later <laughs> i actually know that reference aren't you proud of me for that yeah thank you very much because you're on the internet it's not because you um enjoy the art that is SpongeBob. the art but okay. we'll get there okay <laughs> <laughs> you are you have been influencing me in the content <laughs> category so congratulations for that although i do need to catch up on the bachelor um, um yeah well you know we have a southern charm reunion to watch tonight so oh snap we do okay good thank you yeah. the tea is piping in that if anyone else watches that please add us so we can all discuss the southern charm jay cutler yeah it is crossed over place. into football territory so technically technically we could have a whole podcast on it maybe we should have steven back on steven to talk about it Ooh. yes Thanks. yes um You're all right, right. We might work out, work that out. Maybe not though, TBD. Um, we do appreciate you hanging out with us though. Thank you the most. Thanks for dealing with my hot mess express tonight across the board, but it is what it is. Um, Meg, I'm just you know, gonna go right to bed like this. What's I up? Was say, like just looking like a queen. So like, congratulations on keeping it together in all aspects of life. At least one of us is. <laughs> um, you guys can find the blog and the boys podcast feed wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. We're also on YouTube, which you are probably watching here. And um, Meg and I also have our own social medias. That is a thing that we do have in 2021. You can find me on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. I'm also on the Gram at Hey Kelsey Charles and Megan is at Meg Murray with four R's on all the platforms. Um, you know what? I'm going to make it, a, I'm going to make it a goal to like post an Instagram. Ooh. Like really keep the people on their toes. Only, only the real ones will know that it's coming. Okay, cool. I can't yeah. wait to see what you decide because it's been yeah. like eight months. <laughs> Literally. I really think the last one I did was like your birthday. It, it was New Year's Eve, but then before that, it was like my birthday in August. So right. yeah, good job. You're doing well. You're doing great, sweetie. Really, um, just keeping the people informed. You know, she's like I really I scared Dave's dad because I haven't been posting on social media. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He's like, is she okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just enjoying a mental health break. Don't mind me. <laughs> it's important these days. Yeah. Um, I know that we really haven't discussed Philadelphia because they're so wildly irrelevant and we hate what? them. <laughs> but either way, Meg, do you want to leave the people with what they want as we exit? Yes, yes, I do. Today, um, I'm going to have to uh, leave you with some uh, wisdom. And this applies in a lot of aspects of life. It is uh, Dallas forever and uh, Philly for never. And Houston. Oh, <laughs> Okay, someone get me a big saw and I'm going to start the process. It's like, you know how we're talking about building like the, the tunnel in China? We're just going to slowly saw off Houston and Florida. Yeah, they won't even know. They'll be like, oh, we're on island time now or Houston. Hey, look, you seceded. You've been asking for this. Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> All right, bye guys. Take your dirty water with you. <laughs> uh